good pitching, timely hitting. Hey, we got a victory. The seven-game losing streak is finally over, and we're going to celebrate together. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You are a part of the 80,000 downloads in the last month and over 100,000 listeners and viewers. Listen, the Angels might suck right now, but you don't suck. So we really appreciate you. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. Thank you for the five stars. We feel very loved. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops and today's show is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb or enter our promo code locked on mlb for a free white tech hat with any order they're pretty cool you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you hey thanks for being here for this episode of locked on angels where it's your team every day you've got the fresh brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john it's our second season here with you at locked on angels and we're grateful to be talking angels baseball monday through friday every single weekday you can count on us to be there for you every single weekday hey locked on everydayers join us every day this week we're recapping all the games against these giants the ones we beat no two by the way uh, still going to wear that proudly. <laughs> yep. uh, on today's show, why have the Halos struggled so much since the trade deadline? We're going to talk about that, and we're going to share a little bit of hope with you. But, Mike, we need to recap last night's game against the Giants. It was game two. Now, I'm going to be nice and quiet because I don't want anyone to accuse me of celebrating too hard as we <laughs> recap the game. I'm going to make sure that I don't it be exuberant or over the top. And, uh, Mike, the, the Angels won. Seven to five last night. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? You know, John, when we get in trouble, it's always because of you. I, I know. Just want you to know it. Always because of you. Last time, I somebody <laughs> said you guys celebrated too hard against the Braves, and I said yeah. we just talked about the game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always John, friends. It's always John. It's, it's been John in our me. house when we were growing up. It's yeah. always actually it's Jeff first, and then yes, John, and then me. <laughs> That's another brother, John or brother Jeff. Uh, so the Angels did win. Seven to five. Uh, they got off to a great start. They went up four nothing in the first inning. John, we talked about giving Giolito a lead when he started in his last start Gio and how that actually. Lido? <laughs> Stop it. Ah. And actually, I think that that, that really helps him. Otani got an yeah. RBI. Moose got an RBI. Renfro had a double and two RBIs. And I, I think it actually benefited G Giolito in the game. I want to talk about first Brandon Drury who has really been great since coming off the IL. He hit his fifth home run. And when he hit his, I'm sorry, his 15th home run in the fifth. And when he hit it, it was five to three. Angels were up. Let's yeah. talk about Giolito for just a moment, Johnny. 101 pitches, six innings, three hits, three runs, three walks, seven Ks. Mm -hmm. He had one bad inning. It was the top of the third. That's where he gave up all of those runs. But he had a really solid outing. And, and what I liked about this outing is that he looked like a different pitcher, and he said something to Carlin Bates before the game that he made an adjustment during his bullpen sessions, and, mm. and Matty Theis actually was somebody that pointed it out to him. So high five, Matty Theis. Yeah. But it, he said, I made an adjustment. He didn't get into specifics as to what it was, but he just looked really confident on the mound, and he was really excited to make this adjustment and implement this, and he looked like a different pitcher and looked like the guy that we were hoping he would be, right? Yeah, it looked like he was going after batters. He looked a lot more confident up there. It's funny to me that Matt Feist is the one who pointed it out because we just got talking about, got done talking about 
Matt Wise yesterday right. and what right. he even does. And maybe there was a conversation there. We don't know because he wasn't allowed to talk to Sam Blum. Nobody can but, talk to anybody. Yeah. yeah, nobody can talk to anyone. Matt Thice pointing that out, I think is great because who knows you better than your catcher? And and so that was a great observation from him. Mike, what what is uh, there's a couple things that made me laugh. And first of all, it's how how great has Renhifo been in the leadoff spot? Right. You know, filling in there. As much as he drives us nuts, he can he can come through in moments and it's hard to it's hard to stay mad at him, right? He got, <laughs> because yeah, he got it he just started. has really been great. He got it started in the first with that double and it allowed Shohei to drive him in and pick up that RBI and then, you know, the Angels just piled on from there. And and that's the thing. I guess Renhifo is like two extremes, right? When he's good, he's really good. And when yeah. he's bad, he's super frustrating. Yeah. And and that's kind of the story of Renhifo. So props to him for getting it going last night. Now, uh, we were texting back and forth, and I was shocked at like the situational hitting that was yes. happening in yes. this one. Now, I understand, you know, they were up five to three, and and that was after Drury's solo shot, and then suddenly it became six to five when Dominic Leone gave up the two run home run in the eighth and, and the angels got it back with a thigh sacrifice fly in the eighth. And, and, you know, they're moving guys over, they're putting balls in play. I, I texted you and I said, they said, they did, they had two sacrifice flies. I can't remember the last time they had sacrifice flies. Yeah. And then Wayne Randazzo on the broadcasts, he says, you know, the angels have 36 sacrifice flies this year tied for most in the American league. Yeah. I went, Oh, well I'm stupid. I, yeah, I haven't been paying attention, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it was shocking to me because for as much as we have been so frustrated with them with runners in scoring position, they really did a good job last night of, of putting it all together and mm. moving guys around and putting balls in play. All the things that you do to help you score runs and get add on runs, because like, you, you, I, I guess it's just the mentality of we're going to get all our runs in bunches. And yeah. they certainly did that in the first. But then what were the runs that actually mattered at the end of the game? The two sacrifice flies right. that put them up seven to five and allowed them to have a little bit of a, a leeway there. Um, now, the big question was what's going to happen in the ninth inning? Because Carlos Estevez, obviously, he pitched on Sunday. He blew the save on Monday. So you had Aaron Luke come out for the seventh. And then the eighth inning, Loop faced the first batter, but he walked him. And so there, that was when Dominic Leone came in, and that's when the two-run home run happened. He was able to get out of the eighth, came back out for the ninth. What do you think about that? I like that move because he's been good for us, and I, I like riding the hot hand. And we don't have Ronaldo Lopez because he's on the bereavement list, and a lot of the other pitchers were used up. I know Soriano possibly could be somebody they could have brought in. Well, that's what I liked is that Leon was out there again, and and Soriano was warming up in the bullpen. Yes, right behind him. Yeah, we don't we don't see that enough to be honest with you. Right, and I understand that you know because Leon pitched the eighth. He didn't have the three batter minimum rule anymore. And that seems to be a rule a lot of people forget. You can't change pitchers until you've faced yep. three batters and had an outcome, an out uh, hit or a walk, you know, that sort of thing. Or get out of an inning, yeah. Or get out of the inning first, right? Yeah. So all that to say, I really like the fact that Soriano was warming up behind him as, you know, the uh, the escape pod, so to speak. Right. The eject button. I think that's they, they needed to be doing this all along, especially – when you have relievers struggling, I liked putting Leon in there just because he's the hardest thrower they have at that point of the game, right? right. Other than 
Estevez. And so it, you saw him get a lot of swings and misses for strikeouts on the fastball and challenge guys and things like that. I was really impressed. Matt Thice went out there, had a word with him, and they were able to to put together that save in the ninth. So I was really happy with the, the with the results there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do today and what they do moving forward. I don't think Estevez has lost the closer position, but I do think that they have to pay really close attention to it. Lopez comes back on Friday, Mm -hmm. and so in between that time, I think they have to really pay attention to it. I would not be surprised if we saw Soriano come in for a save opportunity Mm -hmm. in today's game and maybe against Houston as well in the next game. Um, I also would not be surprised if they bring in Estevez and then have Soriano warming up or somebody warming up in the bullpen. I don't think that you bail on Estevez yet, but I do think that you have to have some sort of safety net behind him. And Johnny, that would actually be a really great move because it's an adjustment and that's what the Angels just can't seem to do. You mentioned situational hitting with runners in scoring position. They've been really, really terrible. But the reason why they were good last night, Johnny, is because they were situationally hitting like they were able to move runners (laughs) over right like they were able to get sacrifice flies and I think it is that mentality of bunches 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 but what we saw last night was a team that actually was approaching it a bit differently and they were coaching a bit differently Mm -hmm. I just hope that they don't lose that because I think sometimes you can go back to habits you can go back to what your rhythm or your routine is yeah and so I think that they need to continue to do that because they have a chance we've talked about they need to take two or three in these next series to really get back into the race. Right. So they have a chance against the the Giants with Otani on the mound, which is fantastic, but Phil's got to continue to manage a bit differently, and they have to look at how they're approaching hitting a bit differently with the sacrifice flies and moving runners over because they've seen success when it's happened, and that's yeah. why good teams are good teams because they take advantage of those situational moments absolutely hey the angels are back at it tonight against the giants 638 pacific time you mentioned it shohei otani will be on the mound it'll be a great matchup you can catch every pitch of the angels hometown broadcast on sirius xm with the sxm app all you got to do is search angels and coming up on locked on angels why have the halo struggled so much since the trade deadline well we got a theory and we're going to share that with you coming right Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Uh, Johnny, I got a delivery from Bird Dogs recently. I got pants and I got shorts and and I got a hat. And I know that you got a delivery as well. Did you get you a hat? You mean this hat right here? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, it's a fantastic little hat. And and the clothing is is so good. We've talked about Bird Dogs on this show a few times. But what I like about Bird Dogs is that you don't have to fit into it. You can actually have it fit to you. Um, I went to the doctor on Friday, Johnny, last Friday, I got a, had to get a new doctor. Don't normally go. And when I showed up, that looks good. When I showed up, they, you know, got to weigh you and all of that stuff. And, and, you know, listeners and viewers don't know, but since high school, I've been 185 to 195. Like I've just kind of been in between that. Went to the doctor. They weighed me. I was 205, 205, <laughs> John. So I came home and said, Hey honey, I'm fat. But what I like about bird dogs is that you don't look fat in those things and they fit you. You don't have to fit into them. They make you look lean and mean. They're comfortable. You can wear them anywhere. They're actually really nice for like, if you have to dress up a bit or if you're just going to go out and play and have fun with the family. So uh, I would encourage you to check out birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. You can get yourself a pair of pants and shorts. And when you go there, enter our promo code locked on MLB 
for a free white tech hat that John just modeled for us on the YouTube side. If you're listening on the audio side, got to come over to YouTube. He's showing it right now. Looks fantastic. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or go to their website and enter our promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, hey, make sure you get your questions in for Fan Mail Friday coming up on Friday. We want to get your questions in before then so that we can address them on the show. Don't forget, Angels are back at it tonight, 6.38 Pacific time. Catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. John, there are a lot of reasons that we could point out why the Angels have struggled since the trade deadline. They went all in. Where did we begin? Right. They went all in. They got all these great players. They got some good hitters. They got some good pitchers. And then they went 0-7. Finally got a win last night. We have we have a theory, okay? It's it's in the air. It's, in, it's just kind of in the air, but it's a Aliens. theory. <laughs> yes. Johnny, I think the answer to why the Angels have struggled is – found in what the Rays are actually doing. Let me explain, mm. and then I'd love to get your thoughts. Tyler Glass now was on the Foul Territory pod, friend of the pod, uh, our friends over there, and he was talking about the success of the Rays and why they develop guys the way that they do. Um, he shared two things. First thing he said is that the Rays formula is getting a guy who has unbelievable stuff but has struggled with strategy. Mm. So, for example, the strategy might be, hey, throw up and away or throw down and in in the zone but it just hasn't worked for them because they they be they're aiming they're actually not using their stuff to its full benefit they're aiming in the strike zone mm-hmm. so what the rays do is they actually tell the catcher to set up down the middle up middle of the zone and then they challenge the pitcher to make their stuff as nasty as possible mm. and so what they found is that aiming down the middle of the zone actually helps them to get ahead and throw strikes because if they're throwing good pitches, it's not going to go down the middle of the zone. It's actually yeah. going to fall off or move up, or it's going to go out, out, out down in the way or low and in something mm-hmm. like that. So what Tyler said was that this actually grows your confidence in your stuff because mm-hmm. you start to see like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a really good pitcher. And then he also talked about like cultural stuff. He said with the Rays, there's no rules and he doesn't mean like there's no boundaries but what he said was there's no added pressure when you come up to the Rays or get traded to the Rays or sign with the Rays where you have to like tip the cap to an Aaron Judge or a Mike Trout you just mm. you just show up and 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 do what you were hired essentially to do yeah. the, the only rule is don't be a jerk he used a different word but this is a a, a G-rated show so he said don't be a jerk <laughs> family show right he said do do what you can do and do it the best now the reason why I think that this might be a good theory is because the Angels have actually had this strategy that we've heard about, not necessarily from Matt Weiss because he can't talk to anybody, but <laughs> we've heard about, and we saw it kind of spring its ugly head in spring training when Carlos Estevez was really struggling. They were trying to get him to throw his fastball high up in the zone. But the problem with that, and I think the reason why the Angels have been struggling since the trade deadline with these new guys is I think that they're trying to get these guys to fit into their strategy rather than mm. finding what they do well yeah. and helping them to become better. And quite honestly, I don't know why they would do that. I, mm. I don't understand. As, as a leader in the organization that I'm a part of outside of this pod, 
I want people that come in that are really good and I want them to flex on where they're really good. I don't want them to actually fit into any sort of mold. Sure. Yes, we have a culture. Yes, we have a way forward. Yes, we have a vision, but I want them to actually fit in. We hired them because I think that they're going to make us better. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me to have somebody come in and then have Matt Wise tell them, hey, try this instead of going, what are you good at? And let's figure out how we can do that well. That's my theory. What do you think about it? I agree with what Tyler Glassnow had to say. I think that's an excellent philosophy is find out what dudes are good at and let them do their thing. Now, I will I will say that I think you're half right about the Estevez thing because on one hand, we have heard that the Angels want to emphasize something and focus less on something. But that actually, to me, from, from what I remember... That came from Aaron Loop when he was talking about his struggles and how the focus was on breaking stuff and hmm. getting swings and misses. Aaron Loop's sinker is not built to get swings and misses. It's right. meant to induce weak contact. And the reason why he struggled so much in the beginning of the season was that the contact was either really good contact or the bad contact was getting really lucky and he was getting what we like to call babipped to death yeah, because yeah. the batting average on balls in play, they were finding bloops and he was getting dinky dude and stuff. Yep. So it was just a bad combination. Fortunately, when he went on the IL, he realized, Hey, I could trim down a bit and be a little bit more athletic. Yep. And he, and since he's come back, he's done fairly well, a lot better than what he was doing. At the what he was sure. Yep. Now I will say with Carlos Stevez, and we talked about this and I went and looked at his, uh, uh, stat cast, his baseball savant page and the angels, did identify something in him that said, hey, you know what? When Esty throws his fastball at the top of the zone, he gets a ton of swings and misses. Mm. And so I think I think you're right in the sense that, yes, they do have a philosophy and they're trying to get guys to fit this mold. And I think you see that with Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval, where they're getting to these three-two counts because they're trying to, you know, break a pitch and get a guy to swing and miss when it's like, just go after the guy and yes. throw, throw your best slider, throw your best yes. change up at him because you have the stuff. Now I will say with SD identifying what he does well and hitting that top of the zone with the fastball. I think that's where his success has come from this season. Okay. And I also think it helped him working that out in spring training to practice hitting the top of the zone. And that's why he struggled in spring training because it was practice. He was finding that. And if you notice Mike, a lot of what he threw that got, crushed like uh like by Marlowe on thursday it was a fastball up in the zone mm -hmm. but it wasn't at the top of the zone it mm -hmm. was it was right below the top edge of the strike zone it was and in the a, guy just swung and missed at a pitch that was above the the strike zone and right so i can understand why he's going back there that makes sense and he went back there and and so for him to say you know i know he came out and said that you know he needs to aim better he needs to to throw better and i think he's right at the end of the day i think his stuff is still good and when he hits the right spot i think he still got it i just think that he's struggling to put the ball where he wants to put it right now hmm. and maybe it has everything to do with where is he aiming it where's the glove of the catcher behind the dish right i don't know maybe there needs to be a conversation with matt wise and sd and whoever's catching him in the ninth whether it's thice or wallach and figure out hey man what works best for you like if i put my glove in the middle does that help you? If I mm. put it up high, does that help you? Listen to me. I, I should be the freaking pitching coach on this team. <laughs> you and I should 
put our applications in for next year. <laughs> well, you know, you make a good point. And, and, and I know that the circumstances around the previous pitching coach, Mickey Calloway were terrible. And so he needed to go. But one of the things that he brought to this team that I haven't seen from Matt wise is that Mickey Calloway's like philosophy was throw strikes because the guy we had before him, Doug white, I believe was yes. his name. They were, they were so worried about like, rotation and revolution yeah and all that stuff yeah. which i know is necessary but that's that's where the shift came it was like callaway came in and said i want these guys to throw strikes yeah i want them to to hit the strike zone and then he got fired for good reasons and then matt wise was kind of just there yeah and it doesn't seem like he really has a philosophy or if he adopted that philosophy or or maybe it's kind of morphed over time but i think that that idea of like hey throw strike you're up oh two throw a strike you don't have to you don't have to get a swing and a miss, like throw a strike or throw it low. And then maybe the next pitch throw a strike. There's too many O twos to three twos. And, and I think what we saw with Giolito when he came over, I know he had struggled with a home run ball, but when he came over, it seemed like he just was kind of figuring some things out. But then last night he looked like the guy that we'd hoped he would be. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he and Thais were the ones that figured that out instead of having the strategy. He's like, here's where I'm good at. Here's what I'm good at. I'm, I'm going to do this. Right. Mike, I think you just hit the nail on the head, and here's what I think it is. In the same way that they kept Phil Nevin on this year, I understand the circumstances around the fact that you don't want to hire a new manager and the new ownership comes in and cleans house, but Artie decided not to sell, so they rolled with Phil Nevin. And I think the same thing can be said about Matt Wise in the sense that I think the direction comes from on high. It comes from the front office, and mm. they're the ones trying to identify pitching strategy and pitching philosophy so at the end of the day i don't think wise has a philosophy i don't yeah. think he is a mickey calloway or uh uh mickey hatcher right like yeah. i don't think yeah. he is those guys or not mickey hatcher uh, mike butcher uh i always mix hmm. them up and so uh i don't think they have a strategy and i think in the same way that's kind of what it is was with phil nevin was hey phil we're going to tell you what we would like you to do with your players I think they brought in Marcus Timms because I don't think they knew how to communicate a hitting strategy. Yeah. And so they let a guy come in and implement his philosophy. But I, I think that Matt Wise is yet just another voice for the front office to run the things that they want to practice and put and implement into the pitching philosophy. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper can help you swing for the fences. See what I did there? Uh, when you are playing fantasy baseball, you can win up to 100 times your money. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and decide if they're going to overperform or underperform on their stat categories like home runs and strikeouts and hits and more. And if you get your picks right, you could win big. And Sleeper works quickly, too. The entries can be made in 30 seconds or less, and there's a safe and fast withdrawal on all payouts. So you can download the Sleeper app today, and when you do, use our promo code LOCKEDON at sign up, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Again, download the Sleeper app, use our promo code LOCKEDON, get a $100 match on your deposit. Check out Sleeper today. Whatever they're saying on Otani, I'm taking the over. I don't know what it is yet, Absolutely. but I'm taking, I'm taking the Absolutely. over, Mike. <laughs> All right, Johnny, how about some hope, all right? We're the Super Halo brothers. We are always hopeful. Somebody was shocked on yesterday's show when we were like, I don't know if the Angels are going to make the playoffs. They're like, wow, things are bad if the Halo brothers don't think that. Yeah, so no kidding. Let me, let me give you some hope. Saw this on Twitter. Uh, appreciate all the conversation there. Let me run through this really quick. Let me tell you about the 2011 World Series champion, St. Louis Cardinals. Mm -hmm. They were 10 and a half games back 
in the wild card on August 27th. They had just mm. come off a two and four road trip to Pittsburgh and Chicago. They came home and got swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they had fallen to 10 and a half back behind the Braves and, and behind some other teams in the standings. Manager Tony LaRusa said that on these struggles, he said, I guarantee that the team that you've seen in the past few weeks is not the team that we have, and I believe you'll start seeing who our team is tomorrow. And then Chris Carpenter was on that team and some other veterans, and they actually called for a closed-door player-only team meeting, which was held after they were swept by the Dodgers the, the odds of making the playoffs at this point, August 27th for the St. Louis Cardinals, was 1.3%. Wow. This team won the wild card and eventually won the World Series. They beat the Texas Rangers in the World Series, and they got to the wild card, not because they won a whole bunch in a row. In fact, they had two four-game winning streaks and one five-game winning streak, John. The thing that was necessary, though, is they never lost more than three in a row after mm. August 8th. Now, Angels are in a similar situation. 11 half back in the AO West, seven back in the wild card. We mentioned yesterday, not sure if they're going to be able to make it because it's just a big hill to climb. But Johnny, the cards are an example of that. It's not impossible. Yeah. So yeah. Is there too much hope there? <laughs> I mean, look, the, the angels are just going to have to play flat out better baseball mm-hmm. at this point. Last night was a great example of playing much better baseball baseball. absolutely because again they did the things that they should have been doing since the start of the season mike situational hitting guys going the other way uh shortening up things like that sacrifice flies making contact right i i again i go back to the idea that these guys just try to score runs in bunches and that's great when you have a hitter or uh, i'm sorry that's great when you have a pitcher on the ropes and you're knocking them out of the game and you can stack up four or five runs but until you get to that point of the game, you got to strategize and you have to be able to bring in one run in the first, one run in the third, one in the fourth. And then all of a sudden the seventh, that reliever comes in, uh-uh, you just stacked up four runs on this guy yep. and now you're up seven to whatever. Add on and, runs. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if the Angels can play situational baseball like they did last night, if they can, gosh, get good starts out of their starters for once in their life. And I know Giolito <laughs> had a great start. Yeah. I know Sandy on Monday had a great start going six and two thirds and two runs. I'll take that every day of the week. This the, the offense on this team is still like a top five in OPS offense. Right. And that's without Trout. And that's without a month of Drury. Like they're still hanging around there. And if these guys can put it all together and and get and here's the thing. They have to get everything working at the same time. And I feel like since 2012, we've been talking about this year over year over year. When the pitching's good, the hitting sucks. And when the hitting is good, the pitching sucks. It just, they never seem to sync up and do all things well. And to be fair, last night was an example when everything went right. And even though Giolito surrendered three earned runs, his team went out there and they picked him up. And he didn't give up the lead, but the, but the team still picked him up by putting on three more runs to pad that lead for later on. So yes, I think it's still a monumental task for this team to take two out of three, basically the rest of the way or theoretically. Right. Right. And, and at the same time, gosh, if they can play that kind of baseball and I don't know, 
go go to the tape and and say, hey, remember that game on Tuesday, August eighth, that we played against the Giants? Let's do more of that. What did we do well? Hey, let's do more of this, more of that. I mean, and this should be a reference point for them, right? At this point, the other thing I'll add, and this was pointed out in our YouTube comments yesterday was that you and I talked about how great this team is on paper and how the coaching philosophy against the talent on paper hasn't really meshed. Well, we failed to mention that, you know, there's 18 guys on the entered list right Right. now, and we barely have the starting lineup we had at the beginning of the season and we're getting some of those guys back. So I think the closer we can get to what we do well and continue to do what they did last night and add trout and possibly oh hoppy um i i and and get griffin canning back in the rotation i think there's a lot to to be excited about and a lot to look forward to look we're not going anywhere you and i'll be here every single day whether they win or lose and you can commiserate or we can celebrate we'll do (laughs) one of those two things at the same time we're going to be rooting that good things can happen so hopefully the angels can put it all together and make it happen in the next two months. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels play the Giants at 6.38 tonight. Otani versus Ryan Walker. And you can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Angels and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Michael, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Well, Jonathan, uh, we're going to talk about why the Angels can't stay healthy. We're going to talk about what that (laughs) means and why they can't stay healthy and why they're paying a bunch of guys on the IL because there's something going on and we need to figure that out because if we're healthy, I think this team is really, really good. So we're going to talk about why they can't stay healthy tomorrow on Locked on Angels. It's the curse. (laughs) Gotta be, right? Yeah, of the Black Pearl. (laughs) All right, friends. Thanks for being here with us. Until tomorrow's show, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Thanks for joining us for Locked on Angels, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. 